0: Have a balance, have that good work-life balance and start it now rather than, okay, once I build and I'm super busy and then I'm going to have a better work-life balance. I mean, that's hard to then come back from.
1: Are you tired of wasting time, money, and color in your salon? Let's put an end to it together with Salon Scale, the game-changing color management software that eliminates color waste and boosts profits. If you are ready to take control of your salon success, tap the link in our show notes to receive 10% off. Let's end our messy hairstylist ways and maximize our earnings and reduce waste together. Welcome
0: to the Messy Hairstylist Podcast. I'm Kelsey Morris. And I'm Abby Warther. Whether you are a mess literally or figuratively, we are here to help you take imperfect action to find your success as a hairstylist. Okay, this week we are going to talk about a question I posed in our last episode. So we're actually gonna remember to do it this episode and I feel really good about it. The question is if you are a newer stylist and you are building or just your buildings, build building. Building, some are building right. and not new at it. That's true. That is true. Yeah. I should I shouldn't use that because there's a lot of times when you're just building and things happen stylist. in life. Yeah just came or, back from a leave. Or if you're moving, yeah. I've moved twice and had to rebuild. That's a lot of different that's hard. reasons. You're right. So let's go. On the newer stylist. If you are a building stylist, Mm -hmm. should you have your book wide open, tons of availability, lots of days, or should you scale that down and have more consistent days, consistent hours, but fewer appointments available? Ooh, I
1: love, I love this. Mm -hmm. I love this because
0: what is the old school go-to way? The old school way is... Make yourself available all the time. All the time. All the
1: hours. (laughs) Doesn't matter. All the nights, all the weekends.
0: 2 a.m. Go in. Sleep here and you will
1: eventually have a client in your chair.
0: Right. Right. If you're lucky. If not,
1: dust shelves.
0: Dust shelves. And where some of that is still. True yes, yes, yeah, yes. where some of it is still true. I do think it's important to be in the salon like if you don't have a client and you are trying to build and it yeah. is your scheduled day, I do think it's important to be available in the salon just in case mm-hmm. get some cleaning done. But gone are the days of someone just texts me and they want to come in tonight at nine pm. I'm gonna do it because yeah. I'm trying to get clients. Yes.
1: So I think that there's upsides and downsides to both. Um I think that I think that there is an in-between of the two. So I think if we like go through the upsides and downsides of both, then we can both share like what we think the best route is if you're building.
0: Right? Yeah. I, okay. Agree. Yeah. All right. Upside number one of having um, open schedule. Okay. Yes. Upside number one is, well, you're available constantly. <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. You will if someone calls in, walks in, you will be able to take that client. You will be able to take right? that client. And Pets you if, Yes, if they're like um, oh, I want to book an appointment with you, but I only can come in at nights. So you're like, "Great, I work 24/7. This is perfect." So, right. there is no uh back and forth of potentially missing that client due
0: to availability. Right. Now, can we immediately talk about the downside of that specific scenario? Yes. Yes. So the downside for that specific scenario is now you have created a monster. Yeah. And that is in the client. In the client because the yeah. expectation is you are always available yeah. and you will always make it work for the client regardless yes. of what your schedule is.
1: Well, I think that's something that probably you and I have both seen in our careers either with ourselves or other styles that we've worked with being in that predicament because um that's the The go to way back in the day of working all the hours and being accommodating, that they then are now stuck with these hours or these clients who don't value their time or don't even care and just Mm -hmm. demand. And if you can't get them in, they'll say, Okay, fine, I'll just go somewhere else. I've heard people say
0: that, right? Oh my goodness, of course. It's like a threat.
1: Yes. And then, but then sometimes if you might have given in, sometimes you say, Okay, fine. And then that's how you lose that client. But, um, that is a real thing from and and it's it's hard because in the beginning you just need the money coming in. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna say yes. But then at some point, when when is that point where you shift over and you say, No, these are my hours
0: and this is all I have available? Well, and how and then how you know yes. it is it, it that becomes a whole thing. It becomes scary to do that. Yes. yes. Right. So then what would be an upside to having a scaled down um yeah. point availability?
1: Um, yeah, I do think there are some upsides. I'm, I'm more on the side of like, have a little bit more availability, but not all availability. Um, an upside of it is that when you are at work, you're ready to work. You have maybe a couple clients on your books for that week and you don't feel just, um, defeated. Mm -hmm. by open books, staring at open books and in a salon
0: and honestly feeling out of place. Like, what do I do? Yeah, I agree with that. There's nothing worse than like opening up your schedule and and seeing like one person on Tuesday, one person Wednesday morning, one Thursday night, you know, like that's, that's stressful and it's defeating. defeating. Uh, But like you said, I also feel like it is nice to set Right from the beginning of when where where you're building or however you're trying to create your business and whatever part of life you're at to set some kind of consistency, not just for your clients but also for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that that consistency and having this schedule that you know and understand, and these are the days that you're going to work. It allows for you not to only get things done, like at, you know, at work, but in your personal life, and to like have a balance, have that good work-life balance and start it now rather than, okay, once I build and I'm super busy and then I'm gonna have a better work-life balance. I mean, that's hard to then come back from. I I think that's a good question. Like,
1: can you start off with a better work-life balance and truly get to the area of success that you want? I always think that whenever I see these highly successful people in all different industries and they have this very successful business and they have the family and they go on the vacations, they do all the things. um, And now they are in this day uh, promoting work-life balance. Like I can sit here and promote Mm work-life balance like crazy. I have a, I love my balance now, but I did not practice that to get to this. Right. Right. Right, but I think that there's like, I'm not saying that's to. right, but that no, I don't no, no. know. I know, I agree.
0: That. I agree. I just think that there's a better way to do it. I just think there's a better way to do than what we did. And yeah, but I don't know what that is. I don't. Right. I can't so give advice on that. Here's my theory on this. I have, okay. I have, you so give me advice on it. I'm going to give some advice. All right. Okay. Let me just crack into my advice box. Encyclopedia here. So box. Okay. <laughs> my, um, my assistant that I have right now. She is newer out of school. And so she's building um, and here's her, like, here's her schedule, which I think is great. She does. Um, she works two days with me. So she works Mondays and Wednesdays with me and she gets paid to assist. So, you know, what that's it. But it's like daytime hours. She doesn't have to, it, Wednesday night. Sometimes she's there till eight, but usually Monday we're out by five. And then she works Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Okay, one of those nights she works a night. So it's, I usually, um, Thursday night she works late, but Tuesday she works during the day. And then she works two Saturdays a month. And then whatever day that she's not working, whatever week she's not working a Saturday, she picks up another night during the week. And so I think, in my opinion, it's like, okay, we don't have to work every single night. And I, I might be wrong. She might not work every single Friday. She might like, if she needs to like fill in, but she always gives herself off at least two Saturdays because, you know, we always said, oh, you have to work every single Saturday as a hairdresser. Yeah. But do you? But right. do you if you're working two nights during the week? Right. Yes. And yes. And I am. I truly believe, and I have heard this feedback, so this is not just coming from my brain, that clients sometimes prefer to come in during the week night on an evening rather than like kill time on a Saturday. Think of how busy yeah. all these kids are. And all yes. these activities.
1: Yes. I don't like, want to go have appointments of my own on a Saturday. That's no, my there is not a small
0: time. part of me that would want to go get my hair done, a massage, no. my face, nothing on a no. Saturday. Mm-hmm. There's not a small part of me. And I honestly think that clients prefer those weekday evening hours over some of that. So that's kind of how she has worked it out. So it's like she's not killing herself in the salon. And she works like shorter hours. So instead of doing like the long, like, Yes. eight or 10 hour shifts, you know, if she's working in evening, she'll be there like three to eight or, oh, yeah. That's you know, great. So it's, yeah, she's got a great schedule and it's working for her. Oh my gosh, this girl is just doing so well. Watching her grow oh. has been some of the greatest days of my life. And that
1: but, brings, yeah, that brings you energy into your salon yeah, too. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I love when stylists are building and growing and they're getting new people in like oh you you just can't beat that. That's why it's right. so good to have new new faces in your salon. So you were you definitely brought up the question of should we work all the nights and the weekends? And um I agree with that. I I do think that there needs to be some nights and some weekends if right. you truly want to build and support yourself financially. Um I do see a trend of hairstylists not doing nights and weekends at all. And they're new. Um, I think that I, here's what I always say um, to my stylists that come and rent from me now. And I just do, do mentorship with them. I say, and, and majority of the stylists that come and rent from me have some building to do, which actually is um, surprising to me. I thought I'd have full book stylists coming in, but they come. I think maybe they come to my salon because they know it's a building salon, mm-hmm. right? It's a great place to build. So, um I tell them, I'm like, you know, you don't have to work the nights and the weekends. You don't. So I do believe that. However, you are now just lengthening your building phase. It's just going to take longer. Love it. Right? It's with anything. Like if you're trying to um, get physically fit, if you're trying to like build muscle in the gym, get some booty gains or something, and you go twice a week versus four times a week, you're going to see those results more quickly. Same thing with, with building your book. So... Yeah, I think that's a great schedule that she has there. So the thing that makes me nervous about not working as much, this Mm -hmm. is what makes me nervous when I see some styles in my salon that have, and some maybe working less because of their family dynamics and the ages of kids and things like that. So it's not like it's a decision that they just don't want to work. It's just what their dynamics are. Um, I just worry that there isn't enough of a presence for them to build.
0: Right, Like they're not, and I don't necessarily zone.
1: mean in the right. salon, I think having them presence in the salon does help. but then the, then there's not as much opportunity to get the content to create the marketing, things uh-huh. like that, yeah, I agree with that, yeah,
0: that's that's a really interesting perspective,
1: so that's my that's my always fear. and And I think it comes from me. I only know how to achieve my goals by going off the deep end. That's my toxic trait, you know. It is. I'm being honest. I'm not going to sit here with this conversation today and be like, "I'm the expert." At this I am the wrong person to listen to when it comes to how to have balance when building a business. I mean, maybe me and you are both not great at this. So right. This is my,
0: this right. is a hard conversation to rest. At.
1: This is therapy. It is. I, I I I have to be honest. You know, I yeah. don't know how to build a business with balance. Is that possible? Does I mean, that exist?
0: I think, I think you hit the nail. Does. I think you hit the nail on the head on on saying it could lengthen the process. But again, again, I really do think that it is possible by doing at least one or two nights a week and a, two Saturdays a month. I still think you're creating availability while setting yeah, boundaries. I like that. Giving people the options, like just because they want to get in right this second, doesn't mean they can't wait until saturday or till tuesday when you have a night um and i also think that as we talked in our previous episode about um uh, the hairdressing industry on on a whole the way that things are shifting people are understanding that kind of gone are the days that you as a client can just be like i would like to get in in an hour like those That's not yeah. really the way it works anymore. People are because more, it's so
1: strong of an independent education, correct? Or, um, independent stylist industry, in yes.
0: And so they they have to get on. They know they're gonna they're gonna do all the research. We also have all of this research at our fingertips now. The Instagrams, the TikToks. They're doing their research. They're looking at their schedules. It's not like an impromptu where you call, say, a big name salon and you're like, "Does anybody have availability in, in two hours?" Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna book it because, like you said, there's more of this this independent stylist that's happening. So um, I think that clients or potential clients are more um, accepting of this than we think. Yeah, especially now that
1: so many do work from home and have different types of schedules, the daytime availability is there when it didn't used to be when we were building. The other thing that I see that happens with a building stylist and the abundance of openings is I find that they're the stylists that are the most hesitant to truly go into online booking Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. because
1: there's that fear and I get it is if say you're working a 10 to six that day or 12 to eight, and you have a 12 and a seven, you know, that's frustrating. Right. Then what, you know? And so that's a good question. So what advice would you give to somebody who says, this has been my problem lately? What should I do? Or do you think it's a, if those are your hours, then you just got to do it. Because I I have stylists ask me, like, like should I move this person? I think I'm going to see if this person can move. What are your thoughts on that? Okay,
0: I I walk a very fine line on this one. And it's, in, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I've had to have like a couple come to Jesus moments with myself in the last like two months about me maybe not sticking to my hours as much as I should. Now I have always said that I'm a I'm a flexible stylist. Like I am flexible to my clients, and I, I they've always been flexible with me. Um, and I but I think that there is a very fine line where then they become annoyed. If you're someone who's moving clients, if yeah. they've picked a time because they want that time, and then you're coming back and moving them or asking them, even if you're not even like you have to do this, the ask then they feel obligated. It's a really fine line. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to get offer advice on that because I'm I'm kind of working through that now. My initial reaction when you said someone would say, like, oh, I have a 12 and a seven is to be like, message the seven and be like, hey, just curious if you can move up. If not, totally fine. Right. That's my initial reaction. But the more as I'm going through these type of scenarios, um, you know, with everything that's going on in my life and with the kids like having this and that, and like me having to like juggle how to get them where they need to be, I have found myself more late, like often having to ask people to move things around. And and I'm wondering, like, will that affect me? Is that going to affect me long-term? Does that play a part into why, like, I didn't wasn't as busy in December? Now, these are all, like, toxic thoughts, and I don't know if it's a reality or not. Right. I'm just saying that you have to be careful with that because if they can't depend on you, imagine if you, like, set your dentist appointment every time, and then you're like, you know that the day before they might call you and ask you to move every yeah. single time. You'd be like hesitant yeah. to schedule the appointment. And yeah. y- you don't want to be that person. But I also do believe in flexibility. It is a very fine line. Um, and it's hard for me to offer advice on that because I am I am also going through that.
1: That is a hard one because it's not the scenario of you saying, oh, I, I just have this big gap and I just don't prefer it. It sounds like it's because of life and all of those types of things. But sometimes it does get to a point where it's like, okay, this is my career. This is my livelihood. Mm-hmm. And you have to say no somewhere sometimes. And right. you're gonna disappoint somebody. Yeah. And 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 it's not like it's an answer for every scenario of move the person, don't move the person and miss out on the kid thing. It's uh by each by each um occurrence. So my thoughts are I, um, like if I have that gap, I, or if somebody has a gap in my head, I say, God, that sucks. I have my pity party. I hate having the gap. But Mm -hmm. then I look at it as like I got to fill the rest of that gap now to make it work worth my while. What can I do right now um, to get someone in that middle space for that day? Mm -hmm. So... I think that it's very, very dangerous because I have to be moving people constantly. I do have, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. I don't think that she does. But my nail tech, who I just love dearly. She's amazing. She's always sending me the, hey, could you come in earlier or later? And I don't have a schedule like that, you know? Yeah. And so when she asks me that, it, it it's like, oh, I I can't. And then I never know because she does do this often. and. So when I say, I can't, it's really the only time I have, like, if I can, I will, but I usually right. can't. Um, it's the only time I can do, or I can do um, later, later, later today. Um, she's like, oh no, it's no big deal. I just had somebody cancel. I just thought maybe you could come in earlier or later, whatever it is. So it's like, okay, good. So we're just going to keep we're it. We're still as good. Is. Yeah. We're still good. But now
0: I feel bad. I know.
1: But I also have to like put my professional hairdresser brain on and be like, don't feel bad, Abby, because this is her career. And that's her fault if she's trying to make, if she wasn't trying, she's not trying to make me feel bad, but that's what it does. Um, But then sometimes when she asks me to move, um, then and she does need me to move, then she'll have to try to reschedule me maybe to the next week. And then at our availability doesn't match up. It just becomes so messy. So yeah. I don't always know with my nail tech if I actually have an appointment or not. And it does get frustrating. Yeah. it
0: does. See, yeah. I, I totally understand it. I mean, there's so many different, you know, when you are a building stylist or even a seasoned stylist, there, there's a lot to think about, about getting booked and staying booked. And, I think it's good that we had these type of conversations. Like I said, as we're talking about this, and it's interesting that you brought that part up because I'm like, well, I'm actually working through this on my own right now, Um, that we reassess often. Reassess often (laughs) because it's ever-changing. Your schedule is going to change. Your perspectives are going to change. The way you're doing things are going to change. It's okay to reassess and make adjustments. Mm -hmm. And, And I also think it's good to be open about it. Like I am here. I'm like, might be reassessing yeah. that part of me and yeah. and thinking if I want to do it differently. But in closing out this topic, I don't think there is a right or wrong way to build. I think that it is a personal preference on how you do it. Um and I loved what you said about lengthening the building process. We all know that as a building stylist, nights and weekends are important. That doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. It is a personal preference and just depends on how quickly you'd like to do it.